What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, this is Donnie Nelson, and you're listening to the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I like that. Yeah, it's the Mavericks, all about action. Don't do no acting, no Samuel Jackson. Dirk get the ball, you know that it's magic. Post move deadly, yeah, get tragic. Luke with the ball, yeah, get nasty. He'll drop 30, don't gotta ask him. Luca with the step back three. Oh, yeah! Boy, Chris Stabs, looking like Dirk and Nash in the gap. They just want to ring, want to fill the gap on your team head. I ain't talking heads, dang, go relax, kill that and champ. Diva still coming with the Gallimus. How's it going, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Math Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I'm normally joined by my co-host, Matt Galatson, but he could not be with me tonight. But instead, I have the editor-in-chief over at Mavs Moneyball. He's a good friend of ours, good friend of the pod, Kirk Henderson. Kirk, how you doing, man? I'm good. I told myself before the game that I would have one drink for every rebound Nate Hinton got, and I'm regretting my decision. <laughs> that, that seemed like a, like a losing choice from the get-go because that guy, he uh, he can get after some rebounds. Now, I was very impressed with him. But, uh, but yeah, the Mavs, their first preseason game, it's the first game in over 100 days. We've uh, seen them on the court. Uh, they played in Milwaukee. They won 112-102. And, I mean, you know, preseason is preseason. But it was really exciting because not only have we just not seen the Mavs play in so long, but, you know, they have a lot of new people, too, that we were interested in seeing. So, I have some takes, but I want to ask you first, who were you most impressed with tonight? Oh, God. Okay. So I'm not Matt level grumpy, but I'm like a solid B plus to his A. And I was psyched about that game. I, I, I you know, so it's really kind of hard for me to pick, but I'm going to throw this out there because I just, I just threw it out on my own podcast. Josh Green gives me extreme Josh Howard vibes, and I cannot wait to see him play with actual, you know, with, with like Luca and, and maybe in, in a different capacity. He was fun yeah yeah Josh Green and I mean we knew coming into this that he had a high motor and uh, he was going to be one of those guys that you know gives 110 percent all game long it was great to actually see that with him wearing a Mavs uniform because and I think I saw Josh Bo he uh he pointed this out during the game too but he just does not stop moving on offense and yep. that's going to lead to a ton of easy baskets for him uh, he's good on the defensive end. Uh, Tyrell Terry, he kind of struggled, and he's you know he's pretty tiny. Uh, so he's got charge though. He did, yeah, and the bench got hyped for that too. He took a charge, <laughs> and I was kind of worried about him for a second. But <laughs> he, he, he did good, but um, yeah. So I mean, overall, it was a great game. Uh, I'm also extremely excited about Josh Green. I thought that 
uh, went about as well as it could have for a, a debut, at, at least from an overall, you know, activity standpoint. He was only two of seven from the field. But, um, but yeah, Luca he, he had 13 points. Uh, he, he looks like, and, I mean, we've talked about this too, it looks like he's a little bit, you know, out of shape, but his three-point shot looks really good. And well, I mean, that was huge because the first the first quarter he looked like a used car salesman, you know, showing up to play a game of pickup, and then in the second quarter he was just like, "Oh yes, I'm really good at basketball," and just started doing a lot of like, "I'm Luka Doncic crap," and it was it, to the point to where I was kind of giggling because the passes. The thing that that I will circle back to with Luca for years is that in his rookie year, his passes were not particularly on point. Uh, the location area was good, but he wasn't always put putting it in places for shooters to like really do stuff with it. And watching his passes to Josh Richardson tonight had me kind of like giggling. Yeah. It, it, there's just uh, we should be pumped about that backcourt. Yes, yeah, and Josh, Josh Richardson, he's another guy. You know, the both Joshes uh, got everybody pretty excited tonight because, yeah, you lost Seth Curry, and he's an elite shooter, but, you know, Josh Richardson, he's going to be from – I mean, you, you don't want to overreact to a preseason game. I do. Hell with I, that. This I mean, is fun. I, <laughs> I get why some people don't want to, but if you just look at how guys are moving around – and, you know, Josh Richardson has never been with this team before, and he already looks like a seamless fit like everybody thought he would be uh, on both ends of the court. So yeah. I'm super excited about that. He was three from uh, three of four from three. Uh, Maxi Kleba, it was good to see him uh, hit some shots. Last time we saw him was in the playoffs, and he stunk it up, and uh, he was three of five from three in this game and also had – uh, 13 points so I'm really excited about this uh, bench mob Kurt because the team overall just has so much more depth than it did last year and it's something that I was just you know even when the the third stringers were playing tonight it's something that I, I brought up in our our group chat but it just feels so great to have a full roster of real players like guys that if in a pinch you can throw them in there and they could potentially make a difference. So mm-hmm. I'm very excited about that. You know, Tyler Bay, uh, he looked really good in his limited play. Uh, Wes and Wundu, uh, guy Matt and I interviewed recently, uh, he looked really good. I'm a, I'm astounded at his wingspan. Yeah. <laughs> him, and, him and Bay could just like reach across the court together. It's just arms for days. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, so, I mean, there's so much wing defense. Uh, Rick Carlisle after the game uh, and before the game, really, he said that was the, you know, the main thing they wanted to improve on was perimeter defense, and he thought that they did a good job in this game tonight. Uh, so, overall, really good uh, first preseason game. I think it's got everybody excited for, for the next one. Uh, but this next topic here, it's a little bit off of, you know, the game itself. But what did you think about the league scheduling these first two preseason games between the Mavs and the Bucks, given all the, the Giannis rumors? Well, I, I, think pre, I think in preseason teams actually have a little bit of say in this. And 
the fact that they're both back to back is probably to limit travel, to limit opportunities for, for, you know, guys to catch COVID or anything like that. But it did really make me laugh because the Bucks just, they just, the Mavericks look like they're having a lot more fun. Right. (laughs) And, And, you know, I'm not Giannis. Giannis probably paid no attention to that, but I'm going to think about that as a fan that the Mavericks went into Milwaukee and looked like they had fun in front of the MVP who hasn't signed his Supermax. So that's I mean, something look, Giannis, that's going to stick in my brain. Giannis didn't, I mean, and I mean, you, you can't overreact to all this, but you can and you can have fun. Giannis didn't look like he was having the best time over on the bench watching the Mavs have as much fun as they were. So, yeah. you know, we'll see how this next game goes, but. Uh, I really like the energy that I felt from this Mavs team, and it, it does seem like a it seems like a better situation going forward, you know, overall picture uh, than what the Bucks have, you know, currently going for them. Now, again, the Bucks they're really they've been the best team in the East for the last two years in the regular season. So, I mean, they they could potentially do that again this year too, but. Uh, I think from a flexibility standpoint, from an overall talent point, that, you know, the Mavs have a little bit more uh, potential there. I mean, I I think so. It's just that the West is more brutal. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's it's just a coincidence that they put these two games, you know, Luka versus Giannis to start everything out. But, you know, the the conspiracy theorist in me – uh, deep down wants me to think like, well, maybe they'll get in Giannis's ear a little bit. <laughs> because if this team can look good, look as good as it did tonight heading into the regular season, then I think you can have those conversations, you know, if we get closer to midseason and KP's still not back, but he's getting close to being back, it's like, hey, well, depending on how the Bucks are doing, and if Giannis is saying, well, I'm not going to sign, I'm not going to resign with you guys this offseason, then maybe you start having those conversations of like, well, do we trade KP for Giannis? So I don't know. I don't even know if the Bucks do that, but I mean, I, I it's hard for me to envision a better trade package for the Bucks as far as like how, how young a guy is and how much potential he still has if he can stay healthy, and that's a big if. But uh, I would love to see it. Okay, Kirk, last thing we're going to talk about, and we've talked about it a little bit, and I saw you tweeting about it a little bit tonight too, but the Mavs, their starting lineup tonight was Luka, Josh Richardson, Tim Hardaway Jr., Dorian Finney-Smith, and Dwight Powell. And kudos to Dwight Powell for making it all the way back from his Achilles injury. Uh, but <laughs> the Mavs gave up, I think, 30 points in the paint in the first half. And that was mainly because they had Dwight Powell guarding Giannis. And then they put the second unit in to start the second half. And you had Willie Collystein at the five. And all of a sudden – you know, the points in the paint numbers, they weren't as outrageous as they <laughs> as they were in that first half. So my question to you is, you know, should they start Willie Colleystein in this next game instead of Powell and just see how it goes? I mean, should they? Yes. Will they? No. 
there is something that we, I mean, you know, you and Fish are more likely to understand it than me, but there's something with Powell that is hard to put a finger on as to why it matters that he gets the minutes and the time that he does. He seems to be not only like kind of an intellectual leader, an emotional leader, uh, team, you know, the team seems to really rally around him as a focus. I just don't know. You know, he looked like Dwight Powell tonight. That's the plus thing. The thing yeah. that I'll, I'll walk is he looked like Dwight Powell. The thing that I the thing that I keep coming back to is that he looked like Dwight Powell, which is to say that when he went down, the Mavericks offense took off. Um, yeah, I do think he adds an element to things, but I don't know if it's worth watching him start depending on what the matchups are. He cannot defend. He has never been able to defend. There was a move. Uh, Drew Holiday got him and on a switch and did a little like dipsy do drive right and then took a hot dribble left and ended up in the lane. And Dwight was no like Dwight was like six feet away. It was bad. And you know that was the first time I thought he didn't really, like he looked like a guy who had had an Achilles tear. But then I was like, well, would that have mattered if he had torn his Achilles? Dwight couldn't defend that to begin with. And that's not a knock on Dwight. It's just sort of. It is who he is, and there's something going on there in terms of what the Mavericks see and what they need. There's like a timing element with their pick and roll that's very important. So things are obviously, you know, there's things going on that I don't understand to where they they think they need to start him. Collie Stein, if Collie will play that hard, I think he'll earn himself more minutes. He did take a couple of absolutely stupid shots in the sense of like, I like, it was like watching his his bad YouTube videos from the summer where it's like he's playing at, you know, whatever high school he's at and beating up on poor schmucks who don't have a chance. He is incredibly athletically gifted, and he's a good basketball player capable of doing more, but the Mavericks don't want him shooting off the dribble 15-footers. And I, I just – I mean – I, I just don't know if Rick will be able to tolerate that long term. I don't know. I, I wouldn't mind it though. I mean, what's the harm? What are we like? What are we looking at? If he plays well, if he guards Giannis in the sense of he's not like a saloon door, you know, what's the hard? You know, what's the worst that can happen, right? Well, and I mean, look, you're right. He he took a couple of bad shots, and he was two of four. So the two shots he made, you know, they were good shots. <laughs> he didn't. They were really bad, but. You know, I just think the presence he brings on the defensive end, he's a shot-blocking threat. Like you said, he's super athletic. He's long. Uh, if The more guys you can put with Luka like that in the starting lineup, I think the more you're going to get out of everybody. And I, I just want to see it. I just want to see it once. I know it's probably not going to happen, but I just want to see them start Kali Stein – with that same group, you know, Luca, uh, Richardson, THJ, uh, Finney Smith, and then have Willie Colley Stein at the five and just see what happens. Because, yeah. I mean, you when you see Willie Colley Stein running a pick and roll with Josh, rookie Josh Green to perfection, I just, I'm thinking in my head, like, what if this dude got more minutes with Luca <laughs> yeah. in the starting lineup? So that, that's where my head's at. So. I think overall, uh, just a great night of basketball. I needed it. You know, it's been gone too long, uh, and it's back now. And we're going to have another game. I don't know. I don't know when that next game is. Is it? Uh, is it Monday? Yes, Monday. 
So like hey. 36 hours from now. Nice. Okay. So we're going to do this all again um, <laughs> with the Mavs and Bucks on Monday. And uh, next thing you know, we'll be at opening night versus the Suns on the 23rd and then playing the Lakers on Christmas. So it's coming fast, Kirk. Yep. <laughs> but that's going to do it for another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast, y'all. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, y'all coming in and listening every single week. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel, too. We got some fun stuff coming there as well. But, Kirk, we really appreciate it, man. Thanks for dropping in and talking with me a little bit. Sure thing. We'll see you later, man. Take a step back, reminiscing about the old days when I hooped outside with my friends and drunk that OJ. Crossover doing step backs in a pair of chains. These days I'm about my chips like a bag of lace. I ain't lying when I tell you people ain't the same. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.